Good morning, City Church. How are you today? Come on in. Bring everybody in from the foyer. We're about to have church. How many are ready for what the Lord can do in our lives? So listen, we know this is a different day, right? There's a lots of things going on around us and around this world. But we're gathered today in the presence of the Lord. And I know we have a lot watching online. But listen, here's the time for us to seek the Lord, to draw near to Him, amen, like we never have. Because the safest place to be is in the presence of God. The safest place for us to be as God's people is in His presence. So let's don't get distracted about what is or isn't happening. Let's just put our focus on the Father. Let's open up our hearts today. Let's receive from Him. Let Him speak to our lives. Amen. Lift your hands with me. Father, we just welcome you into the house today. Father, there's a lot of uncertainty in the world around us, but there is certainty in you. You are our sure foundation. You are our rock. You are the one that we look to, Father. Lord Jesus, we acknowledge you in this place today. Holy Spirit, move in our midst. We open up our hearts to receive the fullness of who you are today. Father, fill every person with encouragement and strength. And we honor you today here at City Church. For all those that are not with us today, Lord, we just speak the blessing of God over their life as well. And just thank you, thank you, thank you for who you are. And you meet all of us right where we are in our life. In Jesus' name, let's get ready to worship the Lord this morning. God bless you guys.
This morning, God, we listen for your voice. Now, there's no uncertainty when we're with you, Lord. Perfect love casts out all fear. Lord, we stand in your house together as family this morning and lift you up.
don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I You are.
together this morning. It's so sweet. There is something about a united and fearless church. This weekend, our students were away at a youth retreat, and we got in about midnight last night, and I told God, I am not screaming this morning. I have no voice. And God was like, you know what? I like every crack and every note and every bit of heart. God, this morning, we give you every single bit of us, every broken piece, every missing note. Lord, if it's my last breath, God, I give it to you. This morning, 
Thank you that your presence meets us wherever we go. Lord, that your strength sustains us. That your power, God, fuels us in the face of fear. God, this morning we stand as your people. All of our hearts so we give to you. This church, Lord, is yours. Lord, we thank you for a moment in your presence, God. We thank you in Jesus' name, the church said. your hands and embrace the presence of God. Father, you're welcome into this house, but more importantly, you're welcome into our heart. Thank you, Father. We reverence you, we honor you, Lord. Help us as a church to shine collectively. Help us as individuals of the body of Christ shine. Glory to God. Thank you, Father. You can be seated for just a second, but I just want you to make sure that you keep the attitude of worship and reverence. operating right now in uncharted territory, unfamiliar ground. It is what it is. But how many believe that what we said a while ago in that song was more than just words of a song? He is a way maker. He is a miracle worker. Amen. That is who he is. He is a promise keeper. This is a time not only in our local community, but city, nation, world, all around this globe, for the church to shine. Amen. And we need to be praying. We need to be standing. We need to be trusting the Lord. You know, on the spectrum of, I guess you would call spirituality, you have foolishness on one side that says this is no big deal, forget about it, it's all, that's foolishness, this is real. On the other hand, you have panic and you have fear, right? But right in between those two extremes, you have faith and you have wisdom. Come on now. Jesus said this, that when I leave, I'm going to send back the Spirit of God to you, and He's going to give you an advantage in life. We have an advantage, church. We're people of the kingdom. Amen? The Holy Spirit lives and abides on the inside of every single one of us. We don't want to be foolish. We don't want to be in fear, but we can operate in the faith and the wisdom of God because the Spirit of God dwells on the inside of us. just encourage you for just a second because the fear is real it's out there we feel it we go to the grocery store and the aisles are cleared and got all kind of stuff going on around us in the world that this thing has exposed which is actually really was already in the heart of people it's just being exposed now is not a time to panic now is a time to push into the Lord 
to push into his word. You know, the Bible says in the book of Proverbs that God's word is medicine to our health, to our flesh. It's health to us. This is a time to draw closer to the Lord. This is a time for us to go deeper into the word. This is a time for us to draw upon the relationship that we have with God, the blessings, the protection, the covenant rights that we have like never before. Are you with me this morning? Don't panic. Unfortunately, many times throughout Scripture, panic was the first response. But we can learn from that. You know, maybe you've never noticed this before, but in Genesis chapter 12, talking about Abraham. Abraham had just begun his walk with the Father and the Lord, and it says that then now there was a famine in the land, and Abram went down to Egypt to dwell there, for the famine was severe in the land. Here's the problem. Abraham was just beginning to learn about walking with God, and he, there was a famine in the land, and you know what he did? He panicked, didn't seek the Lord, went down to Egypt, and got himself in a lot of trouble. Come on now. Because he panicked and responded wrongly to what was going on around. Fourteen chapters later, the Bible says of Isaac that there was a famine in the land as in the days of Abraham, just like his father. But the Bible says of Isaac, during that time he sought the Lord, and the Lord said, no, you stand still, you dwell where you are, and I will bless you. He learned from his father's mistake. <laughs> Come on now. Now's not a time to panic. Now's a time to be sensitive to the Spirit of God. You know, Moses panicked one time. Sometimes we, we look at this, this verse and we, and we get it out of, out of context. But remember, he was right up against the Red Sea. Pharaoh's army was coming up against him, and the Red Sea was in front of him, and he didn't have anywhere to go. First time he'd ever been in a situation like that, and he panicked. And you know what he told the people? And we misinterpret this many times. He says, stand still and you will see the, the, the deliverance of the Lord. Well, that was wrong advice to the people. That was God did not want them to stand still because the next verse, God spoke to Moses and said, no, don't tell them to stand still. Tell them to move forward. Moses panicked in that situation and gave them wrong instructions. There's times when you stand still and see the, the, the deliverance of the Lord. Yeah, but what I'm saying is Moses panicked, Abraham panicked. We're not going to panic. We're not just going to stand still and act like nothing's going on. No, we're going to continue to move forward. Trust the Lord. Believe God. If there's ever a time that our relationship with God ought to be growing and prospering, it's right here and right now. Amen. I know lots of churches are not having service today, and we respect that, and they need to do what the Lord tells them to do. Some people are doing that because... Their, their local governments are commanding them to do that, and we respect that authority. I don't know what's going to be happening here as far as in, in Harris County and what's going on with us. I know that as a church, we are, we're going to stay clean. I mean, we always stay clean. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but we're going to stay clean. We're going to stay on top of it. All right. No handshaking. How about just waves and smiles? Amen. No holy brethren kisses or anything like that. We're going to be wise. Are you following me? When we take the offering up, we're going to put the buckets up here so that buckets don't have to be passed back and forth from everybody. We're just doing our due diligence. Amen? Because no matter what the enemy throws at us, God's got wisdom to offset it. Are you following me? Here's what we need to do. We need to be aware of what's going on 
but don't be afraid of what you are aware of. Amen. If the county comes in and says, you know, you can't have so many more, more than a certain amount of people in a specific gathering, then you know what we'll do? We'll just have an early service and a, and a late service. Come on now. If we have to have three services, we'll do what we need to do to respond. At the end of the day, the devil is not going to mess and destroy the church, which is what he's trying to do in the middle of all of this. Amen. You know, when Moses went down to Egypt after God had called him out of the wilderness to talk to Pharaoh, everything that God told Moses to do, the devil offset and counterset it, but God gave him another plan, even at the, at the eating of his own family. So let's just pray, church. Let's draw near to the Lord. Let's use our due diligence. We will as a church. Stacy and I, as your pastors, we're praying for you. I had a, a big burden all week long just to be praying, to trust in the Lord for you. You pray for us. We'll get through this thing in the name of Jesus. We'll come out better than we ever were when we went, we went in. That's what being more than a conqueror is all about. Amen. So the president has called today a national day of prayer. So we're going to pray as a church. I appreciate the, the, the president doing that and those in authority, but we don't need that to tell us. We're going to pray anyway, right? But we're going to gather together and we're going to pray. And listen, as your pastor, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to take it up another step. I want us as a church to pray and fast all week long. Will you, will you join me in that? Pray and fast. What are we praying and fasting for? That they'll find a cure for this thing quick. Come on now. There are, there are scientists and medical organizations all over the world trying to come up with a cure for this thing. And if there's anything that can speed up that process, it is the prayer of God's people. Amen. It's the prayer of God's people that can speak to those and they'll, they'll have a quick discovery. And that's what we're believing for. Amen. And we'll just ride this thing out in the name of Jesus until that thing happens. He that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. We will say of the Lord, you are our refuge. You are our fortress. You are the God in whom we trust. Amen. That greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. That the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set me free from the law of sin and death. Amen. We stand on those promises right now like never before. And then we'll be wise. Why don't you stand up with me? We're going to pray. We're going to ask God to give wisdom to all those that are in the process of trying to discover the cure for this thing. We're going to pray for the church, that the church would just shine like never before, that we would shine like never before. Some of us are going to have opportunities at work and in different situations, but you're around people who don't know the Lord, and God is going to give you an opportunity to use that opportunity wisely to speak into their lives. The devil is going to be shaking his head at the end of this thing when he sees how many people come into the kingdom of God as a result of it. Because that which the enemy meant for evil, God's going to turn and he's going to do it for good. Lift your hands and your hearts with me. Father, in the name of Jesus, as City Church, as people that are faithful and committed to you, we just lift this entire situation up to you. Join our prayers and our faith with, with churches around the world, around the globe, Father. 
and just ask you to give those that are in the process of trying to come up with the cure of this thing, give them wisdom. May in the name of Jesus that the, the forward momentum of, of death and destruction, may it cease and desist in the name of Jesus. And may, may health and healing come in the authority of Jesus' name. Father, give, those med- give the medical community wisdom and guidance and direction in the midst of this thing, Father. And bring a quick and rapid uh, stop to it in the name of Jesus. And that's what we're asking you to do. That's what we are believing you for. And Father, until we get to that point, we're standing and we're trusting you. And Lord, help us as a church to shine. Help us to be the the light. Help us to to be the salt. Help us to be who you've called us to be. Help us to be those that are walking in the peace and the joy of the Lord, regardless of what's going on around us. It's an opportunity for us, Father, to be the light, to be the hope of the world that we are. We love you, Lord. We love you. All of those that are in positions of authority in our government, Father, I ask you to give them wisdom. Give them insight. Help them to make right decisions. The Bible declares that the heart of a king is in the hands of the Lord, and you turn it whichever way you desire. So, Father, fill their hearts with your wisdom and your direction. Father, as the pastor here at City Church, I plead the blood of Jesus over this body. I plead the blood of Jesus over every individual, over families, and just ask you to give us wisdom on an individual level, Lord. God, we love you. And we know this whole thing is a mess around us, but we are excited in our hearts that we're going to come out better than we were when we came in. Bless you, Father. Thank you for blessing the rest of this service. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. Can you give the Lord a big hand clap this morning, guys? Today, we're fasting and praying all week. I want you to stand with us. How many will commit to fasting and praying this week? Amen. For a quick and rapid discovery of the vaccine that will stop this thing in its tracks. Amen. That's what we're believing for. One more time, give the Lord a big hand clap this morning. If you're here with us today for the first or the second time, we just want to welcome you to City Church. And trust that today is is a day that regardless of what's going on around, that you leave here better than you came. That's our prayer, that you leave here better than you came. We, We serve a God of better, and so we believe that every time we seek Him, things get better in our lives. So it's our prayer that you leave here that way. If you don't mind, there's a card right there in front of you. If you'll fill that out with as much information as you're comfortable with, as soon as the service is over, take it out to our information desk and just... Toss it up there, and then they'll toss it, and however you want to do it. We have a gift that we'd love to honor you with and bless you with. Amen. Come on, work, uh, come on, City Church. Welcome all of our first and second time guests. It's an honor to have you here with us this morning. So before you're seated, why don't you walk around, give somebody a smile and a wave. God bless you guys.
here's what's going on this week at City Church. If your child is interested in going to kids camp this summer, don't miss the informational meeting today immediately following our service. Save the date for our spring picnic, Sunday, March 29th. Easter's just around the corner and we need your help. Check out the bulletin for more information. If you're new to City Church, we'd like to ask you to fill out the Start Here card located in the seat pocket of the chair next to you or in front of you. We are City Church. Yes, we are. Say that with me. Say, we are City Church. Now say it like you mean it this time. We are City Church. Good. Are you excited that you're part of City Church today? Good. I hope so. So whether you're here in the room with us or you're online, because I know we got a lot of people watching online today, we are glad that you're here. We're excited that you're here and a part of our family. Uh, we're going to go ahead in this portion of our service, get ready to take up our tithes and offering. As you heard pastors say earlier, we're going to put the buckets up front this morning uh, so that we can walk that line between uh, wisdom and not being uh, walking in fear. But one of the things I was thinking about um, as we were getting ready for this is, um, you know, one of my favorite characters in the Bible is the Old Testament. His name is Prophet Elisha. And he's in this situation. And, and uh, George, if you want to give me a little piano, like it, it would help me out a little bit. I feel like it'd make it more spiritual in here. But uh, it's in the Old Testament. And, and basically, he's, he's given some counsel to these kings. And they didn't listen to him. And they find themselves ignoring Elisha's counsel. And they're out in the middle of nowhere, basically stuck with no resources and no options. And they finally get to the point where they're like, you know what, let's just bring Elisha in. He knows what to do. We should have listened to him. We'll just deal with it. And here comes Elisha, and he basically spends the first couple of parts of the story just telling him, y'all are dumb, and I told you y'all are dumb for not listening to me. But anyway, now that I'm here, I'm going to help y'all. And the first thing he says is not a battle strategy. It's not a, or a conventional one. It's not a, all right, if you go here and talk to this person, then all your problems will be solved. The first thing he says is, bring me the harpist which is one of my favorite, like, it's just such a weird thing to interject in the middle of, like, yelling at them and, like, telling them that they've missed the boat. He's like, bring me the harpist. And he says, you know what we're going to do before we do anything else? You know what our battle strategy is? We're going to worship. We're going to start off, if we want our if we want our victory, we know that praise precedes the victory, right? So he starts out and says, we're going to worship. And, and before long, things start to fall into place for them, all right? Now, look, I, I realize the sign out front doesn't say the worship center anymore, but that doesn't mean that we aren't a center of worship. Do you understand what I'm saying here? And today, we might be in this, I know we just came out of a time of worship, but you know that giving is also a part of that worship. The book of Romans talks about uh, what what our our form of worship is. Paul's writing and he says, look, I want you to take your 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 life, everything. If you can come up with anything, you're like, even this, yeah, that, everything. And I want you to sacrifice it. I want you to lay it on an altar before the Lord. And I want you to, to put it all out there and just say, God, you can have any part of my life. And that is worship. And so I know sometimes in church culture, we get into this mindset that when we say, oh, we're going to have a time of worship, we naturally just assume that means someone's playing the piano and we're going to sing some songs. And that's fine. I'm not against that. But let us not let that limit our thinking 
that our worship has to have music. Although, I mean, I do like the piano. George is doing a great job. Is Max on the drums? Max, you got little drums over there? What you doing? Just play something. You good? You gonna let George do it? Okay. Giving is a form of worship. We can worship the Lord in our tithes and our offering. So if we're in this place today and we know what's going on in the country, we don't have to keep talking about it to, to remind you. I'm sure if you're connected to any kind of news or social media, you know. We need a victory. I'm sorry. I said we need, we need a victory right now, right? So why wouldn't we start off with worship? And not just partial worship, not just I sang the song so I did my part. No, let's worship him in every area of our life. And we're going to do that with our giving as well today. Do you believe that today? You good? You good with that? All right, let's pray real quick. God, we thank you for today, for the opportunity and the privilege it is to worship you in every area of our life. God, we worship you with our, our money. We worship you with our talent. We worship you with our time. God, we worship you with our focus, with our love. God, our, our, our pursuit at not walking in fear is a form of worship. We just lay all of what we have before you, God, because we know you have the victory, God. We know that you've already won, and we will just be faithful and diligent as you have modeled faithfulness and diligence, and we will see this thing through. We thank you and we praise you that we get to give today. It's in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said amen. All right, stand up on your feet. If you are prepared to give this morning, you can come on to the front. If you're worried about the germs, you can kind of like, you know, just jump shot it. That's fine. Just go ahead. many appreciate our worship team. Why don't you give them a big hand clap this morning as well. God has truly blessed us. Amen. So listen, we have an amazing change of schedule today that actually kind of happened a little bit on really quick, but I know you're going to be super excited. I have a very dear friend, Stacy and I are friends from Tulsa, Oklahoma, Pastor Billy Joe and Teresa Watts. Can you guys stand up right there? Amen. Can you give them a big hand clap? Amen. Pastor Billy Joe is going to come speak to us today, and uh, Teresa's from Houston. You're from up there where it's really cold. Minnesota, right? Uh, St. Paul. 
uh, and they were down in, in Houston, and he just let me know we were going to be here. And I thought, man, come on and speak to us. Uh, but before he comes and speaks, we're going to have an opportunity to bless him and his ministry. Can we get ready to do that this morning? Amen. Ushers, if you could go ahead and bring the buckets. And I know he hasn't spoke, and you haven't received anything from him yet. But listen, let's sow a seed of expectation of what God's fixing to speak to you. Amen. Because I know he's going to bring it. Now, I will tell you as we get ready to honor him with a love offering, and you can make all your checks out, or if you give online, you can just put his name out there beside it. Make him out to City Church. We'll put them all together, and we'll give it to him. I can say this to you. Pastor Billy Joe is not Pastor Rusty. He's a whole lot better and a whole lot crazier than I am. So listen, I am not responsible for all his antics. All right? I seem to be a little subdued and a little more teachy and kind of... Not this guy. So get ready, all right? You, you going to be all right today? You all right? All right, okay. But listen, get ready to receive from him. He's going to be a blessing to you. I know he's got a great message because I've seen his notes, and they're going to be awesome. Amen? So let's get ready to honor him and, and just sow a seed of expectation and let God uh, speak to us today. We'll get back on our, 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 um, our series on the book of Ephesians next, next Sunday. So, Father, we thank you for today. Thank you for the privilege of sowing into Pastor Billy Joe and Teresa Watts' ministry and life. Thank you, Father, that we are sowing a seed of expectation, that you're going to speak to us today. You're going to speak to us. We're going to hear your heart. You're going to challenge us. And so, Lord, we sow this seed into their life and their ministry, into their family with that expectation, Lord. And we bless you and we honor you and thank you for this, this time that we have to hear your word. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen. Go ahead and get up, and you can come, and you can bring the, your offering to them this morning. God bless you. I'll be right back to bring him to the platform. Amen. One more time, give the Lord a big hand clap. Pastor Billy Joe is, was one of our favorite teachers, one of our favorite speakers while he was an associate pastor at Rainbow Bible Church where I went to Bible school. He was one of my teachers there as well, and he spoke volumes into my life. I still have a lot of his notes in, in, uh, in my notebooks over in the office of the different classes that he taught while I was there. And so let's give him a big City Church welcome as he comes to the platform. Come on, Brother Billy Joe. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Am I on? <laughs> praise the Lord. Look at somebody and say, praise the Lord. No, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I got to take my glasses off. I thank God for everyone that has had to wear glasses uh, for most of your life. I am new to glasses. And uh, sometimes I can see better without them. Amen. Right? 
Praise the Lord. Well, listen, good morning, City Church. You're supposed to say good morning. Good morning, City Church. Amen. Thank God for the word of God. Let's pray right quick. Father, we thank you for the word. We love you. We honor you. We praise you. We give thanks today. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. We thank you for the word of God. We thank you for the spirit of God. Thank you for your people. We give you glory and honor and praise for the word and the spirit. We give thanks for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Let everybody shout amen. amen. Just like you mean it. Amen. All right, that's a whole lot better. There's a lot going on in the world right now. And when we talked about uh, the fact that we were going to be in Houston, and I told Pastor uh, I was in the middle of working on something, I had no idea that the things that are going on would be the things that are going on today. But thank God you and I are never to be moved by what we see. Amen. And so what we see uh, is we see God at work, we see the Word of God, we see the Spirit of God, and we really do see the church rising up and taking its place. And so I really want to encourage you uh, individually as well as corporately as we get into the future, as we continue to walk out the plan and the purpose of God, look at somebody and say, the best is yet to come. Because I believe that God is at work and there's some tremendous things that I really believe are going to be manifested as a result of what the devil has tried to do. Uh, the Bible goes on to say in the case of Joseph that what the devil or the enemy meant for evil, God is going to turn it around for good. Amen. I believe that. Turn to Romans chapter number 13. We'll start over there. You know, somebody said, we'll boldly go where no man has gone before. That's a little Star Trek, y'all. Amen. And, uh, but I don't know where we'll end up. We'll just follow the Holy Ghost and see what he has to say. But I want to start in Romans 13, verse number 11. And I'm going to be reading out of the Passion Translation. To live like this is all the more urgent. Remember in verse number 10, he was talking about walking in the love of God, loving people, ministering through the love of God. And in verse 11, he picks up the thought by saying, to live like this is all the more urgent. The time is running out, and you know it is a very strategic hour in human history. It is time for us to wake up. For our full salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. Look at verse 12. Night's darkness is dissolving away as a new day of destiny dawns. So we must once and for all strip away what is done in the shadows of darkness, removing all uh, filthy clothes. And once and for all, we, we can clothe ourselves with the radiance of light as a weapon. One more verse. We must live honorably, surrounded by the light of this new day, not in the darkness of drunkenness, debauchery, not in promiscuity and sensuality, not in being argumentative or jealous of others, instead being fully, fully immersing ourselves into the Lord Jesus, the anointed one, and don't even waste even a moment's thought on your former identity to awaken its selfish desires. You know, we said a whole lot here in Romans, the letter to the Roman church. He talked about a day, a new day, a day of destiny is dawning. He talked about the fact that we need to lead, uh, use our light. That is the revelation of who Jesus is as light in the world. I love what Pastor Rusty said that there's coming a day this week, next week, next month, where God is going to use you to minister to somebody else, love on somebody else. The time right now is urgent. Hallelujah. 
And there are people that need what you have. And so we're going to entitle the message this morning, It's Time to Give God What You Have. I don't know, somebody might say, well, you know, I've given the Lord all that I have. I've given the Lord all I want to have. I've given the Lord all I want to give. Uh, Pastor Billy Joe, I don't have I don't have any more to give. I've given the Lord everything. All right, well, okay. You might be holding back something for yourself. But he reminds us again, again, that this is a great opportunity right now in the day and the culture and the time that you and I are living in to immerse ourselves in God and in the things of God. Can I get an amen? We're living in a powerful time right now. I believe the Lord is coming soon, and it's a great time for you and I, the church, to wake up. There's a lot going on, but I love it where it's said that you and I can use light as a weapon. Revelation, the truth, the knowledge of God, the good news, glory to God. This ideal of you and I immersing ourselves uh, in the things of God. I love what it says in Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse 1. There is a right time for everything and everything on earth will happen at the right time. I believe that God's timing is perfect. I believe that there are things that God is endeavoring to do right in the midst of what's going on in the world. I believe that God is at work. Look at somebody and say, God is at work. I believe that with all of my heart. I remember, you know, being a freshman at Prairie View A&M University. I don't know how I got from Minnesota to Texas. Amen. I think my wife was praying me in. Glory to God. And so I was a freshman and, a, and got born again and received Jesus as my Lord and Savior. And I wanted to go into all of the world, you know, and do all kinds of wonderful things. And I ended up getting a job at Channel 11 right here in Houston. And I was working as an assistant assignment editor at Channel 11, and I was working my way in and working my way up. And I thought, you know what, I think I'm going to be on television. Hello, good morning, this is Billy Joe Watts for KHOU Channel 11, y'all. So I was on my way. And God began to minister to my heart and spoke to me. Prior to going to Channel 11, I was working for Texaco, the oil company, downtown Houston on One Island Parkway. And I, I was working in the retirement department and sending out $1 million and $2 million and $3 million retirement checks. I thought, you know, I could stay here forever. Hello. But God had another plan. It was right in the midst of my, my short career, my short career at, at Texaco that God spoke to me and said, I want you to give me everything that you have. I want to send you to Bible college and I want you to go there and I want you to train there. And as it turns out, after two years, I was hired and then I began the, the process of training 20,000 men and women like your pastors into the ministry so that they could give God everything that they had and to go and all of the world and to preach the gospel. Amen. And so I said, all right, Lord, I'll do whatever you say do. And there's a right time for everything. And God's timing and God's time is perfect. Number one, here's number one. Number one, I believe that you should give God your time. This is a perfect opportunity for you to give God your time. It's a perfect opportunity for you to uh, 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 strip away, as, as our, our text said, to strip away everything that God has not ordained for your life. There may be some friends that may have to leave your life. Hello. My best friend played for the New York Giants for six years and won two Super Bowls, and I had a chance to be a New York Giant for one day because I was a football player, and that was my dream. But I tore my quad muscle. Hello, hello. Don't hate, don't hate. Hello. 
I tore my quad muscle and that changed everything. So we flew to New York, had an opportunity to go to a softball game with the Giants and the Islanders. And I'm in the dugout with the New York Giants. I'm about 32 ways. Oh, hallelujah. My quads were big and I was working out at the time, glory to God. And so all of the fans in New York thought I was a New York giant. And they said, give us your autograph. Give us your autograph. I said, I'm not a player. I'm not a player. You're lying. And they called me some other superlatives. Hello. So I said, Stacy, what do I do? He said, Billy, go ahead and sign autographs. So I'm in the dugout with the New York Giants signing autographs, y'all. Hallelujah. It's a New York Giant for one day. The fulfillment of a childhood dream. To be on the team. It didn't say you had to be on the field. I was with the team. Hello. <laughs> and I'm signing autographs. Somewhere in New York City, somebody has a number 23, B.J. Watts, number 23, amen. But you know, there's more to life than that, I found out. I found out that God wanted me to give him not just the ideal of being a professional player or a track star or as a quarter miler, blah, 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 and X, Y, Z. But God wanted everything that I had. And this is a great opportunity in the environment that you and I are living in. Right? Did you give him a picture, baby? Did you give him a picture? In the environment that we're living in right now, it's a great opportunity for you to make up your mind that in areas of your life that you were reserving for yourself, I'm going to turn this over to God. Amen. The Bible talks about men's hearts failing them because of fear that is coming upon the earth. There should be no fear. I just preached a message called no fear. Look at somebody say no fear. Should be no fear for the believer. There should be no, no fear where the believer is concerned. The Bible in 1 Peter chapter 5 verse 6 says in the, in, the, in the easy to read version, so be humble under God's hand and then he will lift you up when the right time comes. Give all of your worries to him because he cares for you. Amen. The Passion Translation says that if you bow low in God's awesome presence, he will eventually exalt you as you leave the timing in his hands. And I thought it was to be a player, a football player, or, or work in corporate America, which happened to be my dream job. But thank God, God had another plan. And he wanted to use my life to empower other people. I thought I was going to go to meteorology school and become a weatherman for Channel 11 or some other CBS affiliate and be on television. Hello, this is Billy Joe Watts, and you better take cover because it's about to rain. And that's what I was going to do with the rest of my life. But God had other plans. I thought it was corporate America, but God had other plans. Look at somebody and say, God has another plan. What you are is God's gift to you, and what you become is, God's, is, is your gift to God. What you become is your gift to God. I would encourage you this morning to give God everything that you have. The Apostle Paul spent a lot of his life giving God his time strengthening the churches and strengthening individuals and, and, and mentoring young men and women of God that were in the ministry that, that, that came alongside Paul to help him in his, in, his, in, his, in his spiritual and his ministry journey. The Bible in Isaiah 50, uh, 35 verse 3 says, Strengthen the weak hands and make firm the feeble faltering knees. Strengthen the weak hands and the feeble faltering knees. We've got a commandment by the prophet Isaiah to strengthen those people. What a great opportunity right now you and I have to be a strength to somebody else. Can I get an amen? 
The Bible goes on to say in Psalms 119, verse 116, the Passion Translation, it says, Lord, strengthen my inner being. Strengthen my inner being. What a powerful declaration you could be making over your life right now. Strengthen my inner being. With everything going on, Lord, strengthen my inner being. We're out of toilet paper, Lord, strengthen my inner being. What a wonderful time for you to be declaring over your life and ministering to others. I didn't give them this verse, but it's 1 Corinthians 14, verse number 26. 1 Corinthians 14, verse number 26. I love it in the Passion Translation. It simply says this. Contribute what strengthens others. Contribute what strengthens others. Number one, give your time to God. And giving your, giving your time to God means you're, you're, you're putting yourself in a position in the local church to minister to others, to minister to children, to minister to teenagers, to minister to millennials, to minister to young adults, to minister to married couples, and those of you that are over the city groups, to minister to a portion of the congregation. There's so much more that you and I can be doing right now to strengthen one another and to strengthen the local church and to strengthen the body of Christ. There's no Sunday that goes by or, or, or Saturday corporate prayer time that my wife and I and our prayer team is not praying for people in the body of Christ. Pastors, their wives, their families, their churches, their finances. Amen. Why? Because we want to make a contribution to what will help to strengthen other people. In Ephesians chapter 5, verse number 6, the classic Amplified Bible says, making the most of the time, buying up every opportunity because the days are evil. I believe that right now that you and I should be making the most of our time, not only giving what we have to God, giving him, number one, our time, but making the most of time because the days are evil. Men's hearts are failing them. They don't know what to do. Amen. I was on an airplane one time flying. We used to travel full time around the world and minister the word of God in all of these great places. And we were on an airplane flying out, bad weather, and the plane started kind of doing a little something, something, and moving around, a little, little uh, uh, what do you call, turbulence and all of that. And the lady in the seat that was right across from me, she was all messed up, got into fear. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. We're going to die. We're going to die. I said, shut up. We're not going to die. I am a man of God, and I've been called on a mission, and I know I'm going to make it to the other side. <laughs> you better act like that. Don't take, don't, don't take no for an answer. Sometimes people have to tell you no seven times before they give you a yes. You keep knocking until the door opens. You keep ministering until people will hear the word of the Lord. They may not want to hear it today. They may not hear, want to hear it tomorrow. But if it gets bad enough out there, they'll be running to your door. Amen. My next door neighbor, he was battling some unacceptable conditions in his body. And I wasn't sure where he was at spiritually. And so the Lord kept dealing with my heart. Go see Bob. Go see Bob. What about Bob? Y'all see the movie, What About Bob? That's my neighbor, y'all. So I finally took a day, we got out of church, and I changed my clothes and went over to Bob's. I said, Bob, I'm here to see you, Bob. He said, hey, Billy Joel, how are you doing? I said, I'm fine. I said, how are you doing is the question. He said, I'm doing fair to Midland, fair to Midland, whatever that, I don't know what that means. Fair to Midland, but I've heard people say it a, a lot. 
And I said, Bob, I'm here to minister to you, buddy. He said, what, what, okay. I said, where are you? I, I didn't want to wait. I, Bob, I can't waste a lot of time. My wife is cooking right now, and I'm hungry, Bob. Bob, I'm hungry. So I got a question for you, sir. Where are you spiritually? And Bob said, you know, Billy Joel, there was a time in my life that at one time I was born again. My ex-wife, my first wife, took me to church and, and the preacher prayed for me. <laughs> I said, Bob, that ain't good enough. That ain't good enough, Bob. I said, Bob, I need to know that you're born again and I need to know that you're saved. And if you should die and leave your body, you're going to be ready to meet the Lord. And I said, come on, Bob, let's pray. And I led Bob in a prayer, salvation, rededication, ran him over with a bus, amen. I was like, come on, man, you got to get this. And before I left this house that day, Bob reaffirmed his faith in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Do you see the importance of giving God what you have? My buddy Stacy, he went home to be with the Lord some, some years ago who played for the Giants. And he said, used to say to me, Billy, you show me your friends and I'll show you your future. I want to be around people that are on fire for God. And I want to be around people that are not afraid to minister and love on somebody else. That, that means if, listen, listen. Well, Pastor Billy Joe, I can't go over to my neighbor because I'm kind of shy. And I'm a little bit laid back. And I'm a little bit conservative. And I just, you know what that sounds like to me? Amen. Y'all remember Charlie Brown? All right, never mind, never mind. If you need to bake some chocolate chip cookies and bake them hot and fresh, and put them on your neighbor's door with a note, turn around and run if you have to, amen. If you can't talk to anybody face-to-face -face or one-on-one. -on -one. Something about giving God our time. Number two, you need to give God your talent. You need to give God your talent, and I found out that being a football player or working in corporate America or a track star, that was not the road to go. That was not the vein to operate in. Uh, from the time that I can remember, I was a talker and a speaker. And, 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 and I can remember as my, my freshman year at Prairie View, my, my instructor, there was a five-minute speech everyone had to give. I was excited and ecstatic, ecstatic about it. And I got up, and two and a half minutes into my speech, I'm just a railing and going on and ranting, and my arms are flying everywhere. <laughs> And the teacher says, stop. You're done. Sit down. That is an A. So he sat me down after two and a half minutes and cut off my five minutes and gave me an A. And on the way to my seat, everybody's kind of high-fiving me and all of that. And I sat down and the, and, the, and, the, and the instructor said, oh, and by the way, Mr. Watts, you are exempt from the final exam. You know, that could have got me in trouble. You know what I'm saying? Hello, hello, hello. Don't hate, don't hate. I gave God my talent. I thought it was me to be a meteorologist or, or to be some little fancy talker guy. I worked for, my wife and I both worked for KJOJ Radio in Spring, Texas. At the time, it was Jimmy Swagger. It's one of Jimmy, Jimmy Swagger's seven radio stations that he owned around the world. And we broke into the, to the media business by working as college students at KJOJ Radio right up the road. Right, in fact, right up the, right up the road on 45, y'all, on 45, right here in Spring, Texas. But that God didn't even have that for us. 
We had to give God what we had, and we had to give him not only our time, but we had to be uh, 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 adamant and intentional about giving God our talent. The microphone is what represents my talent. I don't know what represents yours, but did you know that in the olden days you could have a microphone and plug it in, but as you were plugging in, it was really uh, very, very, um, it was very possible that you could unplug that mic? How important it is that you and I stay plugged in to the Spirit of God. How important it is for you and I to keep our talent plugged in to its source, the, uh, the, uh, the Lord God Almighty, the one who gave you that talent. Amen. The ability to get wealth, the ability to make money, the ability to be an entrepreneur, the ability to help others, the ability to empower others, the ability to inspire others. The, the, the story in Matthew chapter 25 about the talents and the brothers got all these talents from the Lord. Let this the Billy Joe Watts translation, praise the Lord. And the brothers got the talents from the Lord, praise God. And one went out and doubled the talent and another went out and increased the talent and another went out and hid the talent in the ground. And the reason why this is important uh, in a time like this, in a culture like this, in a temperature like this, because it's easy for you to take your talent and bury it in the ground. Nobody knows that you're saved. Nobody knows that you're a believer. Nobody knows that you've made up in your mind to keep your virginity and to wait for the man or the woman of your dreams and to climp, climp, lock it down, amen. Wave at somebody and say, I know that's right, I know that's right. <laughs> I usually say, slap a high five, but we're going to skip the high fives today. Amen. Got to lock it down. You can't bury your talent in the ground. Your, your divorce should not, the pain of your separation of divorce should not cause you to bury your talent in the ground. That's why God sent you to City Church so that you could give your time, give your talent, and place it in God's hand. And in the process of placing and working and serving, you wake up one morning and all your pain is gone. Somebody say hallelujah. All your pain is gone. You got to give God your talent. Character is the sum total of everything, uh, 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 of our everyday choices. Belief lifts your talent. Passion energizes your talent. Focus uh, directs your talent. Teachability expands your talent. But character protects your talent. Helen Keller once said that character cannot be developed in ease and quiet. Only through experience of trial and suffering can the soul be strengthened, can vision be cleared, ambition inspired, and success achieved. That was from Helen Keller, who, who told a reporter, in a, in a, she was in an interview with a reporter one time, and the reporter said, Helen, uh, can you think of anything that could be worse than being born blind? She, Helen said, uh, yes, sir, I can, I can think of one thing uh, that's worse than being born blind, to have sight and no vision. Have a vision for your life. What about the vision God gave you for your friends, for your neighbors, for your family? For the people that are in your sphere of influence. For the people you sold drugs to when you were a drug dealer. And you were out on the street corner trying to get your, hey, trying to get your hustle on. God, there's so many people in your sphere of influence that God would have you reach and that God would have you minister to. 
The Bible in 2 Corinthians 4, 7 says, but we have this treasure from God, but we are only like clay jars that hold the treasure. You're holding the treasure. You're holding what God has placed inside of you. That's what makes it so valuable. That's what makes you so valuable and precious. We're like clay. Uh, we have, the King James says, we have this treasure in earthen vessels. We are like clay jars that hold the treasure. You're holding a treasure. And what a great opportunity for God to use that treasure in a time like this and a temperature like this to bless the people on your job, to minister to them. You're very poor. You know, when you're, my brother in the 70s used to walk like that. Hello. To walk, when you walk in the room, light walks in the room. Because as we read, you and I can use light as a weapon to convince a world that doesn't know Jesus. That he's coming soon and that he died for the sins of the world. Deuteronomy 8.18, talking about number two, give God your talent. Number two, Deuteronomy 8.18. But remember, the Lord your God, for it is he that gives you power to get wealth. He does this to fulfill his covenant, which he swear unto your fathers. Another translation says, but remember... The Lord your God, for it is he that gives, well, he that gives you power, he does it to establish his covenant and sworn to your father. The word power here in Deuteronomy 8.18, that word power in the Greek expository dictionary of Greek New Testament words, that word transliterates in the Hebrew language, kowak. Kowak. Everybody try it. Kowak. All right, you learn fast. Praise God. But remember the Lord your God, for it is he that gives you Kowak. It's spelled K-O-A-C-H. The Lord gives you kowak. Kowak. That word in the Hebrew language means this. Remember the Lord your God, for it is he that gives you the ability to get wealth. That's why the word says, we read it, you have, we hold the treasure in earthen vessels. We're holding the treasure. That is kowak. It means, it translates in Hebrew, remember the Lord your God, for it is he that gives you the ability to get wealth. He gives you the vigor, V-I-G-O-R, the, the vigor to get wealth. He gives you the substance to get wealth. Remember the Lord your God, here's the big one, he gives you the capacity to get wealth. And I believe every one of us in this room right now has the capacity inside of us to do greater and great things for God when we will simply give him what we have. Can I get an amen? Number three, give God your treasure. When we think of treasure, we think about money, maybe the tithe, the offering. But there's more to treasure than just money or the tithe or an offering the treasure could be the very thing that you hold closest to your heart. The very things that you value. And what we value most of the time and many times has nothing to do with money at all. Relationships, your mama name, um, uh, your husband, your spouse, your children, your dog, or, or like the girl the other day, your three dogs, you know. These are the things that you treasure and hold dear, just like perhaps your money. 2 Timothy 1 verse 14 says in the, the Passion Bible, guard well this incomparable treasure by the Holy Spirit of holiness living inside of you. It's an incomparable treasure. You can't compare it to money or things, as the Bible says, or things that rust and, and, and lose their luster. 
the things that you value in your heart right now. You, should, you and I should value souls right now, the people that don't know the Lord. Proverbs chapter 8, verse number 21 says, I give riches to those who love me, and I fill their houses with treasure. I love God, man. I love God with all of my heart since I was, was born again over 30-something years ago. And the Bible here says that God fills my heart with treasure. You know, your heart can't contain a $20 bill. But thank God there are other valuable things and precious things that God will give you and I that you can treasure in your heart. And that's why it's important to guard well this incomparable treasure, the revelation of Jesus that, you, that you've learned in all of these years. Colossians 2, 2, uh, 2, 2, and the Message Bible says this, I want you woven into a tapestry of love, in touch with everything there is to know of God. Then you will have minds that are confident and at rest, don't we need that right now, focused on Christ, God's great mystery, all of the richest treasures of wisdom and knowledge are embedded in the mystery and nowhere else. All of the treasure, the richest treasures of wisdom and knowledge are embedded in the mystery, but the mystery is not a mystery under you and I because the mystery is named Christ. And the Bible says all of the richest, the richest wisdom and knowledge, knowledges are, are embedded in Christ and nowhere else. So money, a job, career, vocation, a big house, hello, snakeskin shoes, hello, will never make you happy because the richest treasures and knowledge are embedded in the mystery who is Christ. And the Bible here in Colossians 2, 2 says what? And nowhere else. You, don't, you can't find this anywhere else. You can't find this. I search all over. I couldn't find nobody. I look high and low. I still couldn't find nobody. Nobody greater. Hey, nobody. Hey, nobody greater than you. Somebody shout amen. Man, I got to hurry. Guard well. Guard your affections. Guard your heart. Proverbs 4, 23, for out of it flows the issues of life. Another transliteration reads like this. Guard your heart, heart, for out of it flows the boundaries of life. Boundaries are set by your heart. And that's why you can never allow anybody else to violate what you have in your heart or violate your conscience. Because your heart sets the boundaries. Somebody says, hey, man, oh, yeah, what's up? Let's go down, hey, we're going down, hey, chase, chase, hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to go down and get down. And you get, no, 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 no. My heart sets my boundaries, and I can't go down there because I'm saved now. Why don't you guys come on and go to church? Let me give you my final verse. Everybody say, go here, pastor. Here's my final verse. 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 37. I close with this. 1 Corinthians Chapter 7, verse 37, the Amplified Classic version reads, But whoever is firmly established in his heart, strong in mind and purpose, not being forced by necessity, but having control over his own will and desires, and has resolved in his heart to keep his own virginity, he is doing well. 
Strong mind, strong purpose in the time in, that where you and I are living in means that you're doing well when you decide, I'm going to keep my virginity, I'm going to stay pure. It's, uh, virginity is not about sex is wrong, sex is evil, sex is dirty. No, all the married people say amen. No, it's not. It was intended, as Dr. Ed and Faye Wheat said, they wrote a book years ago called Intended for Pleasure. And I'm going to add to that comma inside the marriage reunion. Hallelujah. A virgin is simply someone that has never done it before. Maybe there are things in the season and the time and the temperature that we're living in, in the pandemic that we're living in right now. God may have you do something that you've never done before. He may have you say something that you've never said before. Minister something that you never thought that you could ever do uh, in your entire life. These are the things that God is doing in moments and hours like these. Joseph went through a whole lot of junk in his life. But when chapter Genesis chapter 50 is closing out, he looked at everybody and said, hey, don't worry about it. What's up? I am in the place of God. Right in the midst of what's going on right now, I went to the store the other day, no bread. They had some, some hot dog buns, one pack, and nobody else would buy them. Everybody walked by them. I said, I'm not buying those, hello. Tried to get some bananas, all the bananas were gone. I love H-E-B. I thought, I, listen, H-E-B, there's so much stuff in H-E-B. I said, H-E-B will never run out. Listen, y'all, amen. There was no bread. Told my wife the other day, I want a sandwich. But in the middle of all of that, in the middle of all the fear and anticipation and, 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 and everything that is going on in the world, you and I are still, still in the place of God. Just like Joseph. Let me give you my takeaways. Here's my takeaways. Let me give them to you right quick. Five of them. I've got about a minute and a half. Bear with me. Number one, use your light as a weapon. People say, I don't know what's going on in the world. You just break out smiling and pray, worshiping. Joel, uh, John Osteen said he was down there at camp meeting, and there was a man that got on the elevator. He was just drunk. <laughs> Oh, and started cussing and all kinds of stuff. And Brother John said the man got on and he pushed the button and the man was going to get off on his floor. And Brother John Osteen said, nope, I want equal time. So he closed the door and started praising God. Yeah, glory to God. Hallelujah. Then he pushed the button and let the man out. Said the man walked out sober. <laughs> but he said, I want equal time. Number one, use your light as a weapon. No weapon formed against you will be able to prosper. And every tongue that rises against you in judgment, you will put to condemnation. Use it as a weapon, number one. Number two, let's immerse ourselves fully in the Lord. Woo, glory to God. Fully in the Lord. Everybody say, fully in the Lord. Number three, give to God what only you can give. That's yourself. That's your gifts, that's your talents, that's your treasure. Give it unto God. Number four, don't hold back your time, your talent, your treasure. And here's number, here's number five. Above all else, above all else, guard your heart. Don't be overwhelmed and overcome by fear and intimidation. 
The devil would love for the church to go run and hide. I am with Pastor Rusty. I understand why churches closed and went online and did all the wonderful things that they did to be able to take care of the people of God. We get that. I get that. I got it. But I will not stop living this gospel. I will not stop preaching this gospel. I will not stop allowing that my light to so shine that men might, might see my good works and glorify my Father who's in heaven. Can I get an amen? Hallelujah. With your head bowed, Lord, in the name of Jesus, we honor and love you so much. Thank you for the word of God. You lead us. You guide us. You show us things. We're sensitive to the Holy Ghost. Things that are yet to come. As Brother Hagin said, the Holy Ghost is always present everywhere. If we will simply rely on him, if we will simply pray the prayer of faith, things can change and things will happen in the name of the Lord. If you're here and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, listen to me carefully. I'm not talking about being baptized in water, knowing the Pentateuch, knowing catechism. I'm not talking about you were confirmed as a baby or sprinkled as a baby. I'm talking about you made a heartfelt commitment to Jesus to say, Lord, I, I turn my back on the world. I repent of my sins. Come into my heart. Be my Savior, my Lord. I don't understand it all. If I need to be saved, as Jesus told Nicodemus, I want to be saved. If that's you and you've never said, Lord, come into my heart, be my Savior, my Lord, I surrender all. I immerse myself in you. Your hand should be raised now. I'm looking all over the auditorium. Ushers, help me out. Anybody with a love lifted hand say, that's me, Pastor. That's me. That's me. That's me. Maybe you're here and you want to rededicate your life to the Lord. Maybe I was talking about over in Corinthians about the man that keeps his virginity. He's doing well. Maybe you're not doing so well. Maybe you need to rededicate your life to the Lord because you've made choices that in, instead of drawing you closer to God, they've taken you further away from God. If that's you with an uplifted hand, you say, Pastor Billy Joe, I want to rededicate my life today. I'm looking all over the auditorium. Anybody with an uplifted hand say, Pastor Billy Joe, that is me. That is me. I see a hand over there. I don't know if you're praising God or not. I see another hand over here. I need to rededicate my life to the Lord. That should be you. Now, one more thing. Let's say with all the things that are going on in the area of pandemonium and panic, you're suffering from a, just a serious fear that has tried to draw a cloud over your life. And you're saying, I want the prayer of support. I need to break out of this fear in the name of Jesus. And to know that everything is going to be okay. Hallelujah. With an uplifted hand, you're saying, pray for me. I need that prayer. I'll be honest about it, man. I, I, I'm not, I'm not, I, I'm just, I'm struggling with this, what's going on in the world. Hallelujah. I'm going to ask, can I do that? I'm going to ask if our prayer ministers would come right now. Those of you that raised your hand, the prayer ministers are coming now. And as they come down, if you raised your hand, I want you to come down and tell them exactly what it is that you're needing God to do in your life. The prayer ministers will minister to you, pray that prayer with you, and make sure that you receive what you need from the Lord. Hallelujah. If you raised your hand or you should have raised it, you should be moving now. They're going to pray with you. Just come on down in the name of the Lord. Pastor Rusty, God bless you, sir. Father, thank you for that word. Why don't you stand up with me, church? So worship team takes us into a song of worship. You heard the call. If you raise your hand in any one of those areas or you should have raised your hand, prayer partners are here. 
If you just need to come to this altar and get along with the Lord for your, by yourself, that's fine too. Father, thank you for your goodness and your mercy. That you are the God of our salvation, the God of our strength, the God of our hope, the God of our joy. Lord, we rededicate and recommit our hearts and lives to you fresh and new today. We give you ourselves fresh and new today, Father, with commitment to serve you. That's who we are as a church. So we thank you for that, Father. As the band leads us in a song of worship, if you need prayer, would you come to this altar? God bless.
Thank you, Lord. Jesus, it's all about you. Help us to realize that. Help us to understand what that looks like outside these doors. Help us to not leave what you spoke to us in this building, but to take it out into our life. Everybody say this after me. Today, Jesus, I don't understand how it all works out. But I commit to you, today, my time, my talent, my treasure, my life, all that I am is yours in Jesus' name. Give the Lord a big hand clap today, City Church. Glory to God. Thank you, Pastor Billy Joe. What a great word. I received something. I know you did too, right? Don't leave it here. Take it outside and let it go to work for you. Father, I speak continual blessing over City Church. Plead the blood of Jesus over us. Help us as we go back out into the world where all that uncertainty is to know that you are our solid rock, you're our sure foundation. Help us to live strong this week. Help us to be involved in city groups, Lord, re revisiting the truths that you've spoken to us today. We love you, Lord, with all of our heart. We want to serve you, Lord, with all of our heart. And we thank you for what you're doing in all of our lives. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Give the Lord another big hand clap, guys. Amen. We love you. Go have an awesome rest of the week. Get in a city group. We'll see you back here next Sunday morning, 1030. Don't forget, fast and pray this week. God bless.